I've never seen so many fence sitters in a launch before. 40% of the students who signed up signed up in the last 24 hours. That is huge. And at first, I thought maybe it's because it's reflective of the higher price point and the longer time commitment, like 12 months is a big commitment. And I thought maybe that's why people are sitting on the fence, but then also chatting to other friends who have been launching courses and memberships and programs. Everyone seems to be saying that there are more fence sitters at the moment than there have been in the past. Welcome to Imperfect Action. I'm Steph Taylor. For years, I read all the books, downloaded all the freebies and did all the courses. But it wasn't until I started taking Imperfect Action that my business had its first million dollar year. Imperfect Action is about doing things before you're ready, prioritizing consistent action over perfect action, and moving forward, even when you're not sure you're doing it right. On this show, you can expect mindset advice, actionable marketing tips, and strategies to build a business that brings you more profit, more freedom, and even more joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co forward slash DBB or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome back to Imperfect Action. This is episode 614. Today, I'm breaking down my most recent launch, which at the time of recording literally only ended yesterday, but I wanted to record this episode and share it while it was still pretty fresh in my mind. So this most recent launch was for my brand new program, Freedom Fast Track, a 12-month business accelerator for my students to turn their business into one that gives them the freedom to be offline. It was brand new. I'd never, ever launched anything like this to my audience, never really anything at this price point either. So for this founding students round, the price was 5000 pay in full. And then we obviously had payment plans as well. And I'll start with a bit of an overview of the launch results. Then I will dive into what didn't work well, what worked well, and the lessons that I learned from this launch that you can take to your launches, as well as some of the changes that I'm making to my future launches. I'm also wrapping up by answer- answering audience questions. Uh, in particular, just one that was submitted because I didn't really give my audience a whole lot of time to submit their questions about my launch. Uh, and I know that even if you haven't launched anything before, or even if you have launched something before, you're going to learn a lot from what I did in this launch. Because honestly, every launch, I've launched more than 20 times, not always a brand new product. Uh, some of them are you know, launches of the same product over and over again, like Launch Magic, we've launched, I think, five or six times now. Um, so I am, a lot of those launches are the same product that I've just launched over and over. But each time that I launch, I learn something new. So this first launch, we wrapped up with 17 students, which I was pretty happy with. So that was roughly around 94,000 US dollars, 136-ish thousand Australian dollars, which I think is not bad for the first launch of a new program with no social proof. And I was a little bit worried going in because I know that other people who've been launching things recently 
um, particularly higher ticket things, have been getting a lot of objections around price, like more objections than usual around price because of the economy, cost of living, all of that. But we actually had 35% of students pay in full. And that surprised me. I was expecting a much lower percentage of students to pay in full given the current economy, cost of living, inflation, all of that. Uh, but no, 35% paid up front, which is awesome. And that also tells me like that's a lot of trust that these people are placing in me to invest ahead of the 12 months that we have together. Now, let's start by looking at what didn't work so well in this particular launch. So I got back from Mexico nine days before doors opened, which was pretty tight, but we had fortunately already planned most of the things for the launch and, you know, our copywriter had written the copy. All of that was fine, except two days after I got back from Mexico, I thought, hmm, this jet lag feels pretty bad. Why is my jet lag getting worse? And anyway, it turns out that I got COVID in Mexico. So I was dealing with pretty bad fatigue and I really only had about a few hours of brain power each day, which in some ways was actually really good because it forced me to get clear on what needed to be done each day and what could wait. And like, fortunately, the copy was all written for the launch. Most things were scheduled ahead of time. We've learned that lesson in the past. Like I got measles in the middle of a launch uh, back in 2019, I think it was, or 2018, um, 2019. I got measles in the middle of a launch and that was like this big wake-up call of, oh, you can't be writing cart open emails the day that they go out anymore because if something happens and you can't show up, you want those emails to still be able to go out. So fortunately, most of that was already done. So I didn't actually have that much to do. And we didn't really have any social proof for this offer yet. So this was something that I, it really reiterated to me how important social proof is in a launch. But since this was the first time that we launched it, that did make the launch a little bit more challenging because we didn't have any case studies. We didn't have any stories of students that, you know, had gone through the program and that my audience could read and put themselves in that person's shoes and say, oh, okay, that's where I'm at in my business. So this is a good fit for me or this isn't a good fit for me. But this is also why I always make sure that we offer a founding student price the first time we launch something new. It's like, hey, this is the cheapest it's going to be as a thank you for you helping me to co-create this and helping me figure out what you really need so that I can deliver it in a way that helps you best. Another thing that didn't work so well was that I don't think the bonuses were as strong as they could have been. And I'm usually really strategic with what bonuses we include, and I don't think I put enough time into really thinking about what those bonuses were going to be. And like as my launch magic students will tell you, there is a lot more strategy behind what bonuses you offer than just creating things that seem really shiny and value-packed so that people are like, yes, I'm going to buy that because I just want this bonus. Like, I don't think somebody is going to invest $5,000 into a 12-month program because they just want to get their hands on a particular bonus. So I didn't really focus that much on bonuses in this launch. In other launches, bonuses absolutely have been important, but in this one, 
I didn't really have any expiring bonuses throughout the launch. Like there were two that expired, uh, but I don't think they were enough to nudge somebody into making a decision uh, that was on the fence. And yeah, I've never seen so many fence sitters in a launch before. 40% of the students who signed up signed up in the last 24 hours. That is huge. And at first I thought maybe it's because it's reflective of the higher price point and the longer time commitment, like 12 months is a big commitment. And I thought maybe that's why people are sitting on the fence, but then also chatting to other friends who have been launching courses and memberships and programs. Everyone seems to be saying that there are more fence sitters at the moment than there have been in the past. So that will, that'll segue nicely into a lesson that I learned in a minute and one of the things that worked. Uh, but we also had some other things that we didn't preempt, some objections that we hadn't preempted in this launch. So a couple of objections we hadn't preempted. Firstly, people who weren't quite making $10,000 months, but they were quite experienced in their business because they had been learning, they'd been setting the foundations up, and they were now at this point where their revenue hadn't caught up, but they were actually quite business savvy and would have still been a good fit for the program. But then on the other side, other hand, we also had people who were making $10,000 months, but didn't have a lead magnet or an email list and were actually still quite early stage in their business, even though they were making that revenue. We had a lot of people asking, do I need an online course? Should I launch my online course again a few times before I join? Uh, am I at the stage where I'm going to get enough value out of this or should I wait and join in 12 months time? Um, what if I want to grow faster than 12 months? That was one that I hadn't actually preempted. And I should have because I know that that would have been an objection for me. I would have been like, yeah, I'm impatient. I want to do this quicker. But also as the person delivering the program, I know that 12 months is a sustainable pace to go through it and to try and deliver all of the outcomes that we're going to achieve over the 12 months and to do that in a shorter period of time. I don't think that would be sustainable. And my audience, my, my students would probably drop out. We'll also know a few more of people's objections once we send out the non-buyer survey and get that back from people who considered joining and didn't. I find that in any launch, the best intel comes from the people who didn't join. Then the other thing that surprised me that didn't work so well was the fitting calls. So I offered 15-minute fitting calls for anybody who was on the fence and wanted to chat to me and find out whether it was going to be a good fit or not. And hardly anyone booked them. Now, in the past when I've offered these, I haven't done them very often, but in the past when I have, I've had no payment deposit to book the call. Like it's free, you can book them. And the problem with that is I had a lot of people booking them and then canceling last minute or not showing up. And I had a lot of people who booked them and they like they knew they weren't going to join, but they just wanted to pick my brain for 15 minutes. So what I did differently this time was I made it so that there was a $50 deposit, refundable deposit. You had to pay $50 to book in a call. And as long as you showed up for the call, you could either apply that $50 against the investment to join the program, or you would get it refunded within three days if you decided not to join. 
But the main thing was that you had to show up to the call. And yeah, like not that many people booked them, which I was quite surprised because obviously there were people there who had questions who weren't sure if it was a good fit, but they were reluctant to spend the $50 out of their pocket now, even though they were going to get it back if they didn't join. Then the last thing that didn't work so well this launch, and I mean, this kind of goes against a lot of what I teach about launches. And that was that we didn't have a launch trigger and we didn't have as much lead up content before doors open. Now I teach and I stand by my launch method where you're sharing content in the lead up for at least 60 to 90 days. If it's something new, if it's a new product, new program you've never launched before, in which case this was, but the thing was that I only decided in like November or December that we were going to add this program. And we had to launch it early in this year to fit it in with everything else. So that really just reinforced how important this lead up is, like the questions people were asking and the, you know, the, the messaging, um, the people really didn't understand what they were going to get out of it. I think that was really where the messaging got a bit confusing. And that reinforced to me just how important that lead up is, especially when it's a brand new program. And you know, unfortunately, because it was such a tight time frame and to fit it into the calendar with having a launch magic launched in March and then to potentially have a second launch of Freedom Fast Track later in the year and having a second launch of Launch Magic, like it had to happen in February or not at all this year, essentially. So I'm, I'm, I don't regret doing it early, but I do know now that the next time we launch it, we're going to be sharing a lot more content in the lead up. I'm really lucky. Lucky? Uh, actually, I don't know if lucky is the right word. I've worked really hard to build an engaged audience. I show up multiple times a week with free content. I'm showing up everywhere, like Instagram. I'm showing up on my podcast. I'm emailing my list. Not everywhere, but I'm showing up everywhere on my chosen platforms. And my audience is so engaged. So I do have that advantage where I can launch things and I have people in my audience who will literally buy anything that I launch, which is such a, like, I can't believe that. I can't believe I've built that. But at the same time, I know there are people in my audience who potentially would have signed up for Freedom Fast Track if they had been more at that point where they were ready to buy. And that's where the free content and potentially adding a launch trigger like a webinar or a video series would have made a huge difference. Okay. So those are the things that didn't work. And, you know, I'm a big believer that we learn more from what didn't work than we do from what did work. But let's look a little bit of what did work. So I've been reading the intake forms that my students have filled out. And from reading these, it is so clear to me that this program has attracted the ideal students for it. I've been stalking them online. I've been checking out what their businesses do. And I am so excited by how much diversity we have in the businesses that are in this program. And I'm excited by the cool things that they are doing and the cool goals that they have for the next 12 months. So that I think worked really well. That to me is a clear sign that we did something right. You know, we did the messaging was right. The, we, we said right, yes to the right people and no, it's not a good fit to the wrong people. And I know that everybody who is in this program is where they need to be, which is such a good feeling. Now, 
Something else that worked that was really nice was we opened doors to the waitlist two days earlier than to everybody else. And that actually converted at 16%. So 16% of the people who were on the waitlist signed up. Granted, it was a very small waitlist. I didn't do a whole lot of talking about it in the lead up. We didn't really have a huge lead up, like I said. Uh, So yeah, 16% conversion of the waitlist was a really nice surprise. When I noticed a few days into cart open that we had a lot of fence sitters, I actually added a little automated follow-up sequence. So when somebody who was on my email list viewed the sales page, it would then 35 minutes later send them an email encouraging them to make a decision. Now, it wasn't, hey, this is why you should sign up or you're going to miss out if you don't buy or anything like that. It was simply presenting three options to them. Option one, I see that you've read the sales page. If you've read it and you can confidently say this isn't for you, great. Click here and I won't send you any more emails about it. And that would remove them from any other emails about Freedom Fast Track. And then I went on to say, look, but if you are still on the fence, you can keep sitting on the fence and wait until the very last minute (laughs) and then either miss out because doors closed and you forgot or make a really rushed decision at the last minute without knowing 100% whether it's the right place for you or not. And if you don't want to do that, these are your other options. Book in a fitting call or hit reply and ask me a question, essentially. And that worked really well because a lot of people who were on the fence, they were suddenly like, oh yeah, I feel really seen. I'm not 100% out, but I'm also not 100% sure if this is for me yet. And this is my situation. Is this going to work or is it not going to work for me? So that is something I think I'm going to keep in the future in all of my launches is having that follow-up sequence. And I might even, I think I'll probably template it and give it to my launch magic students in this round because it's such a valuable, such a valuable thing to do to highlight the fact that somebody is sitting in indecision and to give them the resources and the tools that they need to make that decision, I think is more important than any amount of hype or pressure to buy or anything like that. Then towards the end of cart open, when I started noticing a lot of questions about people's particular business stage and whether it was going to be a good fit for them, I created and added a 10 question quiz to help them figure out if it was going to be a good fit. And these were just really simple questions like, you know, what is your biggest priority in your business right now? And they were multi-choice. Uh, so it wasn't like they had to spend a long time answering them. I think it took about two minutes for most people to get through it. And this helped people to, you know, it helped to reassure them that they were making the right decision either way. I also added a live training that I ran 24 hours before doors closed or maybe like 26 hours before doors closed. And I think this really helped to address some of the hesitations that people had. Uh, for those who had never worked with me before, it showed them a little bit what my teaching style is like. And it also showed people what we would actually be working on inside the program. It was so easy to teach because I only really decided to do it a couple of days before doors closed. I didn't create any slides, which usually feels really uncomfortable for me, right? I'm somebody who loves hiding behind slides. So for me to just show up on Zoom with an outline of what I want to teach and no slides, that was kind of scary, but 
it actually became really easy because once I started talking and once I started gauging where people in the audience were at in their businesses and what questions they had, it just flowed so easily and 90 minutes flew by so quickly. I will probably repurpose that training as a podcast episode at some stage, by the way. Okay, so the final part of today's episode, or second final part, so I have an audience question that I'll end with, but the third part of today's episode, lessons learned and the changes I am making in my launches in the future. So I really learned just how important, like this really reiterated how important it is to allow time and space in cart open to make pivots, to change up the open cart emails, to add live calls, Q&As, how to quiz. Having that time and space is so important. And because all of the cart open emails were already scheduled, I had the time to reflect on what questions people were asking me and then add extra emails or add that training or create that quiz. Whereas in launches a few years ago where I was making everything up as I went, I didn't have that time and space. And it felt a lot more rushed and I felt so much more in the weeds. I couldn't step back and look at that bigger picture. Another big lesson that I've learned is just how important it is to emphasize that need to make a decision rather than keep sitting on the fence indefinitely. So for me, this looked like actively promoting the opt-out link in the past, actively saying, if you have decided it's not for you, click here and you won't get any more emails about this. I've always had that in my launches. I've always had that at the top. You know, doors are open for Freedom Fast Track for the next five days. If you've already decided this is not for you, click here and you won't hear anything more about it. That's always been at the top of the email. But now I've also included it in the actual email copy. So in in that conversation that I'm having with somebody who's on that, who's reading that email, I'm saying, look, if you've already looked at the sales page and you've made a decision that it's 100% not for you that this round, great, go ahead, click here, you won't get any more emails. On the other hand, if you are still making up your mind, and then I would keep talking about the program and I would talk about certain things. I know now that next time we launch Freedom Fast Track, we need to allow much more lead up for it. It is a newer subject matter that I'm talking about compared with, say, Launch Magic, where I've been talking about launching for the last three years. And we don't have a huge gap between this launch and the launch of Launch Magic um, or the cart open for Launch Magic. Like we're technically straight into launch of Launch Magic now because we really wanted to fit two rounds of Launch Magic in this year without having the second round ending in December like it did last year. Because I know that was really a busy time for a lot of people. So to be having their cart open in December wasn't really a practical thing for them. So it'll be interesting to see now if there is a difference for this launch of Launch Magic because we don't have as long of a lead up, but I have also been talking about launches for three years now. And a lot of people do know me as the launching expert. We have a lot of social proof for Launch Magic. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, another lesson learned was, I mean, it's not really a new lesson. I knew this, but it really reiterated the importance of having some kind of launch trigger. and. In future launches of Freedom Fast Track, I probably will keep having a super casual training like I just did for this one rather than doing a big webinar with slides. 
I think most of the people who are signing up for a $5,000 program, and the next time we launch it, it will be more expensive than that. Uh, they're not going to be cold people. They're not going to be people who are new to my world. They will be the ones who are already on my email list or already in my audience. And I don't think we need a whole webinar for it, but this is something that I will test in the future. Like I might do a webinar next time. And then we'll also be making messaging tweaks. So once we send out the non-buyer survey, which I mean, at the time that this episode goes live, I think we're sending it out the day after this episode goes live. Um, so if you viewed the sales page, you can probably expect to see that email in your inbox. And once we get those responses, then we know what messaging tweaks we need to make. We know what objections people have. We know what content I need to be talking about and sharing in the lead up to the next time we open doors for Freedom Fast Track. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up with the final part of this episode, which was a question from someone in my audience. How do you handle launching with ADHD? Me too, and it's hard. (laughs) I really loved this question. Like, I actually put up um, a sticker on my Instagram stories, and not that many people had a chance to respond before I started recording this episode, unfortunately. Um, So I'm just answering this one question. And I love this question because I know I've ever since I've shared that I have ADHD, I've had a lot of people who listen to this podcast reach out and say, like, I do too. It's so, it makes running a business so hard. So I do want to answer this one because I know, like, in the bigger context of my business, I find that launching is great because having a few launches a year means that I'm always working on something different, always working on something new. Uh, even if it's a product that we've already launched before, there's still new tweaks that I'm going to make each time we launch it. And that keeps my sparkly squirrel brain entertained, keeps it happy, rather than if we were just working on the exact same thing every single month. But when it comes to focusing on each launch in particular, that's where the challenges creep in. And it's a lot easier now that I have somebody else writing most of the launch copy. Um, that's, I, I've always been pretty good at writing launch copy, but it's always been the part that I would procrastinate the most. It's the part that would take me the longest. So even though it's something I can do and I'm good at, I knew that I needed to get somebody else in to do this because it was just taking too much of my time and I would leave it to the last minute. It's also much easier now that I have team members supporting me, helping me with a lot of the moving pieces. But I know that the most important part is having structure. Okay. When, if you are somebody who has ADHD, having structure means that you keep on track a lot more. And that means knowing what you need to work on and when it needs to be done by and having that deadline. If I didn't have a deadline for Freedom Fast Track, I so easily could have moved it back a week, especially because I was sick. I could have said, well, no, I'm moving it back a week. But because I knew that would throw off everything else we were planning to do this year, I kind of had to stick to that deadline. And this year we have so much structure. Like I, this has been really such a big focus coming into 2023 was how can we create structure around everything so that Everything's more consistent. Everything feels easier. My sparkly squirrel brain has the freedom to go and chase sparkly squirrels, but within the confines of the structure. So, you know, that's structure around our marketing, structure around the content calendar, launches, what we are doing when, all of that. And having the external accountability of a team 
does help a lot. And I know not everybody is at that stage yet, but also having the external accountability of your audience, uh, your students, if you're launching a course. And I know like for me, I don't want to let my audience down. I don't want to let my students down. So I get it done. And having that as a deadline means that I have to focus. Planning launches, that doesn't come naturally to me. And to be honest, as a team, we probably don't spend as much time planning our launches as many other people do. But I also know that the strategy behind the launch matters more than our planning. Obviously, we do need some planning because otherwise it's just like a hot mess, but we don't need a lot of planning. And because we've launched quite a few times, doesn't it, we don't need as much planning because we kind of all know what we're doing and the first few times that you launch it it can feel like such a mess because there are a lot of moving pieces to keep on top of and this is why inside launch magic i have the master launch checklist with every single thing to tick off because the first couple of times that you're launching it can feel like there's so much going on and you don't know what you've forgotten but then the more you launch the more it becomes second nature And honestly, I think so many of my students who have come through Launch Magic would not have launched if not for the external accountability of the group, the structure of the program, the support in the Q&A calls. And I'm running Launch Magic again starting at the end of March. Doors open in mid-March. So make sure you jump on the wait list at stephtaylor.co slash magic and you will find out when doors open. Um, I don't know the date off the top of my head, but it's around mid-March. And that, you know, that is really the accountability, the structure, the support that you need to get that launch done, especially if you're somebody who's been procrastinating it for a long time. It's very easy to keep putting it off, but having that external accountability means that it's a little bit harder to keep putting it, keep pushing that date forward. So that's it for today's episode. This one went for a little bit longer than I thought it would, uh, but I hope this has been helpful for you and giving you a few ideas for your next launch. I know that I've learned a lot from it and I hope that you, I hope that you learn a lot from my launches as well. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, hit subscribe or follow in Spotify. And that will just mean you get each new episode delivered straight to your podcast app every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.